0: Hello Stagey friends, I'm Chris. And I'm Jocelyn. Welcome to another episode of Break a Leg Babble.
1: This week you voted for our topic and we
0: weren't surprised
1: by the results.
0: We are so excited to talk to you about one of our favorite shows. That out of Helen the Musical.
1: musical. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to say we love this show is
1: a little bit of an understatement. I've personally seen it 20 times in three different countries.
0: I saw the show seven times, which actually broke my record as a repeat attender. And I think it's worth mentioning that this is also the show that started our friendship. It is. <laughs> and if, you want, if y'all want more of our origin story, you can listen to our very first podcast with guest Giovanni Spano, who was essential Gio. to the process.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those of <laughs> you who don't know out of Hell, we'll fill you in. Yes, we will. So let's dive into it. Bad Out of Hell is a post-apocalyptic rock and roll love story set in a dystopian future. The island of Manhattan, renamed Obsidian, has floated out to sea and is now under the reign of Falco, the tyrannical ruler set on revitalizing the city. Living in the abandoned subway tunnels underneath the city are a group of genetically altered teenagers known as the Lost. They're frozen at the age of 18. When Strat. The reckless, rebellious leader meets Falco's sheltered daughter, Raven. On the eve of her 18th birthday, the stars
0: align and they fall headfirst into the wonders of first love. The musical has a script and score penned by Jim Steinman, original choreography by Emma Portner, which was later adapted by Zena Gustart, and direction by Jay Scheib. Battered of Hell launched in 2017 at the Manchester Opera House and has since ran successfully at the London Coliseum, Toronto's Mervish Theatre, London's Dominion Theatre, Oberhausen Germany's Metronome Theatre, and then Off-Broadway at New York City Centre. But the show did not stop there. This spring, an
1: international tour of the show was meant to start in New Jersey with stops in Australia and the UK. Unfortunately, border closures and theater shutdowns postponed the tour before it could even begin.
0: Hopefully, the tour will be able to launch as soon as the restrictions are lifted, but this dynamic cast will absolutely be worth the wait. Absolutely. What's super cool
1: about *Battle of Hell is it actually began all the way back in 1968. Somewhat. Jim Steinman's original intent for the album, popularized by Meat Loaf, was to create a musical which probably explains a lot to those who love the dramatic songwriting featured on the 1977 album.
0: Fun fact about the 1977 album. Since Ooh. we're talking about it, mm-hmm. my first trip to Bad Out of Hell was actually on the anniversary of the album in 2017. No way. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, it that's so was. Cool. It was. So that was a really exciting day to see it. It was also my dad's birthday. So, right. speaking of our very first trips to Bad Out of Hell, let's go back three years, Toronto 2017. Yay. Tell me about your first experience at the show.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, as a massive Simon and Meatloaf fan, I had been following the news for quite a few years since it was announced that the musical was in a, in the works. So, at the time, I was scared of flying, and I passed on going to Manchester for the opening and spent, like, all the spring and summer of 2017 waiting for the Toronto opening. When the time came to see the show, the cast members I had bonded with made the performances I attended like really super special mm. by giving me little signals throughout the performances. And it made me feel so, so happy to be there, you know. I mm-hmm. also remember crying when I sat down in my seat for the first show. I had waited so long and wanted it so hard and it was finally All
0: happening. Aww. (laughs) What about you? Well, I knew nothing about the show going in, actually. Okay. So uh, before the show launched that summer, my mom and I, on a trip to go see another show downtown, we saw this big poster advertising Mm -hmm. a Bad Out of Hell musical. We were like, you know what one of my dad's favorite albums is? It's Bad Out of Hell. So we're like, we're going to get him tickets for his birthday, So like I said, we booked him tickets for his actual birthday and we actually kept this a secret all summer. So the only thing we really knew about it was uh, the Toronto launch video, which some Mm -hmm. of you might be familiar with. They did like an outdoor performance uh, in Yonge Dundas Square and it was really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so I just knew the music. That's all any of us knew going in. And long story short, I wasn't going to go, but then I ended up being able to because of the college strike of 2017 and we all sat down and it was amazing. I was blown away. Like, I'm not sure what I was expecting, but this Mm -hmm. wasn't it. It was like (laughs) nothing I was expecting. And I remember at intermission, um, I went to buy the album, still like sweating from the Mm -hmm. pyro at the end of the, Mm -hmm. like the act finisher. (laughs) Anyway, I bought the album and I remember going, this is awesome. There's something in this that speaks deeply to me. I'm going to have to go back and see it again. I was the only person in my family that felt that way. Uh, <laughs> of the six of us that went, I was the one who was like, this is something special guys. This is going to be mm-hmm. big. This is a great thing. Cause this was the North American premiere. Right. right and the show right. is still in previews. Right. So I'm going mm-hmm. they're, they're They're onto something here. Yeah. My dad, on the other hand, poor guy. He loved the music. He thought everybody in the show was really, really talented. It was just the story, not for him at all, which is totally valid. I just think it's it's really funny that we got him this amazing birthday gift and it was like his birthday. It was the show's, like the album's anniversary. It was during previews. Mm -hmm. We're all like so pumped and he did not enjoy it as much as we thought we would. Still a memory. Speaking
1: of the album, the the cast recording album, that is, I was the first person to receive it, which Mm. is crazy to think about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, I just saw it, like, I didn't know anything about the show. I was like, okay, they're selling the album, and I Uh like hearing girls sing these songs better, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally get that. It's completely different on the album compared to the original, which... Cha-ching. It just has a new <laughs> flair to it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, it totally if anybody just has a different flair, it does. And I just, I love hearing different voices on everything because we know Meat Love <laughs> can sing. We know he's amazing. But it's right. so nice to hear other voices featured. So, if anyone from Bad Out of Hell is listening, the arrangements <laughs> and stuff have changed a lot since that first one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of us would definitely shell out the money for an updated one. Oh so, yeah! If you're so in imp- oh, so yeah. that's just um, that's just me putting that in your suggestion box. If you're listening at all, God yeah, God. it's crazy because a lot of the album was recorded
1: during the Manchester run, which was so different from what it is today. From what the show is now,
0: yeah, there's so many songs in, on the album that like they're mm-hmm. not in the show anymore. I remember going no, exactly. home after my first trip and going, uh-huh. "Good girls going to heaven." It just won't quit. I don't remember these in the show. Like, did I like, did I black out? Like, right, did I right. Something? And then I went back the second time. I was like, no, those just, they're not, they're not in there, but they're on the album. Oh, well. Extra. And
1: they're girl, really girl. good. We would really like them to come back into the show.
0: Bring back good <laughs>
1: girls. Bring back good girls.
0: <laughs> anyway, so from those first two trips, I wanted to go back and I know that you had already planned to go back. So let's talk about your other Mm. Toronto visits.
1: That was so much fun. I went, oh my gosh, let me tell you a little silly story. So the night before the final show, now this production took place between October to January. (laughs) And... In Canada, it can get a bit snowy during those months. Okay,
0: it wasn't bad until January. October was nice okay. and temperate, so was November. Right. But <laughs> that
1: January 5th, I think it was, or the maybe January 7th, I think was the last show, was apparently the coldest day in Toronto in 100 years.
0: Yeah, that was... <laughs> January 18. was like some record-breaking temperatures. Can mm-hmm. confirm. It was only, yep. like, You're
1: fine. But that was <laughs> just in Toronto because
0: where I live we
1: had an insane ice storm the night before I was meant to travel to see the show. <laughs> and I had a bunch of like cookies from the bakery that I had brought for the cast and we get to the train station and they're like um yeah so the train is like super delayed because of the ice storm. We don't even know if it's gonna get up and running, and I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I have to be in Toronto. Like, I can't not be in Toronto. So <laughs> we, I was like freaking out. I was like, no, I can't miss this. But we actually did make it in time to freshen up a little bit and then go to the stage door and meet a lot of wonderful people who flew in from the UK, and that was super oh. cool. It was one of my first times meeting someone from the uk and creating this bond that we already had online so it was super fun
0: the dedication man you are coming through an ice storm they're coming from another country like these people they love it they're 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 connected and just i think that that's badass it's really nice and we all had
1: shirts made for the final show in Toronto, and it was um, <laughs> similar to the one of the shirts that Strat wears, but we all had a different character on it to include all of the wonderful cast. It was really fun. I really Strat wears a one. shirt uh,
0: sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> rarely, but sometimes. <gasps> but no, I, see, I remember seeing photos of that, and I was like, "Damn, I wish I had friends that would like dressed <gasps> up to go to musicals Aww. with me." Now we do. Now I we did go drag together. With- now we do. Now we dress up together, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did. I did drag my friends from Eight. college to go and see that the second time uh-huh. because I was like, I want to see it again, and I haven't seen you guys in like six weeks. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> who the f- fuck knows if the school year is even going to continue at this point? Right. Am I going to get my degree? We don't know. Let's go see a musical. <laughs> um. It's a good thing we did because actually the day after we saw it, they were like, Yeah, school's starting up next week. No so, way!
1: Oh, that's funny. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it was kind of wild. So it was November and it was a Wednesday. So I went and I met them and I was like, guys, this is a really great show. And they did enjoy it. They did enjoy oh, it. It good. just it may not have been like their thing a hundred percent, but they thought it was good. Uh, so I kind of just dragged them with me. Nice. And One of my most vivid memories is, like, my friend spilled her wine on me at the opening. (laughs) Uh, Because I was sitting in the middle. Because I was like, I've already seen the show. So I can answer, like, questions or whatever. That opening with, like, the big jump and everything. Mm. And I had warned them. They thought I was being dramatic. Me? (laughs) Dramatic? (laughs) I don't know what they're talking about. Not at all. I'm not dramatic at all. (laughs) I'm so subdued. Anyway... One of them spills their wine on my lap, the other like gets it, is ready to like run out of the theater. Like she like jumps out of her seat. I was like, I fucking told you. <laughs> but they they had a great time and during Paradise by the Dashboard, like one of them turns to me and is like, This song's from Glee! <laughs> I was like, How dare you? Oh gosh, Glee. Glee All at a time. <laughs> But no, it was a really lovely visit and they were really patient with me because I was like, I want to go to stage door because I didn't go last time. Mm. And so I got to meet some lovely people Mm -hmm. in the cast and say hello. And that's what I like about the Toronto stage door. Like there's there's usually nobody there. Yeah. Or like there's a few people. Yeah. So it's really nice. It's less stressful. it's really nice to just be able to say, hey, what you did was amazing. I really liked it. (laughs) Way to go. (laughs) And just it's it's super chill for people who can get overwhelmed in busy stage door situations like me. I mean, at Beetlejuice, I just like stood there and did not know what to do.
1: Right. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very crazy stage door. Although I will say no theater stage door on Broadway has ever, you know, tried to kill me. So. Not,
0: the people who are down there, they seem scarier than they are. Most of them. Okay. Let's, no. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No. I've heard stories um from it was a bad cast member who said like there was a crazy guy in the alley one night <sighs> waving a knife around. I mean it is sketchyville. Sketchyville. Just, just a little
0: bit. <laughs> just a
1: little. If you've been, you know what we're talking about. It is Sketchville. But it's it is awesome. a very nice place to connect with some performers because it is very quiet. Probably because it's sketchy. It's very intimate. It's just
0: you, the performer, and in the dumpster. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and a few people waving knives, but you know. You might think it's a joke, but literally it's...
0: That's, that's what it is. It's no. an alley with a dumpster in it. It's very classy. Yeah. It's very chic. And a long alley. So if you do go there,
1: bring a buddy. Bring a few buddies and be safe.
0: Or if you go by yourself, just like, you know... Just tell someone yeah. where you're going. Keep your keys between your
1: fingers. That's what I suggest. That's what I would do. And you got this. Get those autographs <laughs> safely. Stop. I'm... I'm being serious. It's scary.
0: <laughs> anyway, Toronto Bat the first time around was freaking yeah, fabulous. It. We loved it, mm-hmm. and actually, yeah. I'm su- you know I'm surprised we never crossed paths on that first
1: Toronto trip.
0: I don't know how we But did. we had the same first Strat. We both saw Ben Perkis we did. as Strat yeah. for our first show. And I think that that's mm-hmm. worth mentioning. And just a shout out to Ben, because honestly, I was hooked by those first two minutes of the show. And considering I didn't know anything about it, and like, th- Bad Out of Hell can be really weird if you don't know anything about it going in. So like, yeah, definitely. you did a really fabulous job. So after Toronto 2017, it it was announced that uh, the show was going back to London Mm -hmm. at the Dominion Theatre. And Chrissy, you actually went to go see that. So why don't you talk to us about your international bat journey? Yes, I did. I got (laughs) over my fear of
1: flying. Honestly, though, on January 7th or whenever the last show was, the 5th is standing out to me. Someone will correct me, I'm sure. Anyways...
0: I'm Um, pretty sure it was the 5th. It was? Okay. Sounds right
1: to me. Probably. Then, yeah, January 5th, I remember telling the cast, like, there is no way (laughs) I'm flying to see the show because I am too scared. And somehow between January to May, I did it. And it wasn't as scary as I thought. Like, flying-wise, it was pretty peaceful, maybe because I had bad on my mind and I was like... I'm going for a reason. I want to see this. I want to be there, experience it, not just through photos and videos. I want to be there. So I went and I traveled all by myself, which looking back was probably not my wisest decision. But I knew I would definitely regret not going like I had the first time around when it was in the UK. And the Dominion was super interesting because... It wasn't my favorite version. I felt that it had become a bit more commercialized mm. during the transfer from the original production. And when I say original, I mean like, like Manchester, like and no, like the yeah Coliseum version transferring over to Toronto, that version.
0: Mm, yeah, you know, I do. I do know what you mean. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I feel like with the change of costumes on the Lost, they became more like of like a sort of team looking cuz they all wore red instead of all their different looks which I really like loved. Baseball. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. What I liked is that the Lost ensemble members, they kind of look like they found their own clothes like I don't know somewhere thrift in shopping the or in the dumpsters and and put something cool together but now it felt a bit too structured and I was like mm. oh okay I do enjoy how you look but in my mind I had a different vis- vision for them and that was what they had in the past I don't know mm. but I did have a really wonderful time seeing it nonetheless it was really great and I did get to see um a few former cast members and go out for a little drink and Mm. maybe saying oh Canada around midnight, even though many of us, myself included, didn't know all the words and kind of hummed it. I am honestly
0: so embarrassed that you didn't know When you
1: grow up in Quebec you learn the bilingual version, so my brain is a mashup, okay?
0: (laughs) Hey, that's no excuse. I know the bilingual version. (laughs) I know. Um, We're revoking your Canadian. Take it away. Take it. I'm <laughs> taking away your maple syrup forever. You're okay, no that, would to hurt hurt that would <laughs> hurt me.
1: That would hurt me. I love maple. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I also got to see Jordan Luke Gage as Strat. Yeah, because that was around the time he like started, right? Yeah. So I yeah, I definitely saw one of his like first. Yeah, and I also saw um. My goodness, the sweetheart. Chris Cameron, is that his name? Christopher Cameron, I believe. As Jaguar? Yes. I saw his oh, second performance.
0: I've heard so many good Oh days. my
1: God. Incredible. Incredible. Had me in tears during two out of three. So it's
0: good. A banger.
1: So good. It was fun because it was a whole bunch of people that um, we hadn't seen in Toronto as well. So it was cool to get to see their takes on the ensemble cast. And
0: uh, yeah, very good. Honestly, I just love seeing new people like in yeah, roles. You know, I love seeing different. Types. You always have like, yeah, like you might have one person you connect to, and you're like, yeah, like I see you, mm-hmm. like I connect with your yeah, performance. And- but at the same time, I like can't get enough of seeing different people do the same role. I'm like, you did that different, but you did this different. I like, yeah. like this and this and Oh, it's just yes. it's so crazy how you know when you think about a script on a page that. Everybody Mm -hmm. looks at it a little differently. And I just, it's such like a reminder of the humanity of what we do, man. It's beautiful. Right. So true. And um, sorry, that got a little hippy dippy, but I love it.
1: We are hippy dippy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, in Toronto, I had grown so attached to like some of the ensemble characters. So it was really cool to see how different they were in the Dominion version while keeping the same name. It was like completely different even though they had the same name, which
0: was really cool. It was very different. Yeah. That's one thing that Bat does brilliantly. They're an ensemble yes. characters. They they have names. Them. They have personalities. They have costumes. They're just, mm-hmm. they. as much as they're so in sync, they're such, I think every Bat performance I've seen, there's the ensemble's always been so cohesive as like this force. But they also like, The work that has been put in into carving out these individual ensemble characters Mm -hmm. is bloody brilliant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's unlike anything else I've really seen in an ensemble because it still has that power of strength and unity as one while really showcasing uh, the individual. Yeah.
1: And oh, my gosh, can I just give a shout out to the cast members Danielle Steers, Giovanni Spano, and Andrew Pollock, who literally would ask me every time I was at stage door how I was sleeping, if I was okay <laughs> while I was in London, because obviously I was traveling by myself, and they were- Someone asking, had to. They asked if I was eating, and I just thought it was so sweet and so kind of them to, you know, just kind of look over me, watch over me a little bit while I was there by myself. It was very kind, and- I appreciated it, and so did my parents.
0: (laughs) I also appreciate it because our friendship started after. So, like, if she had died in London, we wouldn't be friends.
1: Honestly, I barely ate while I was there because I was just too excited. So the reminder was nice. You kind of forget, oddly, even though I love food so much. I totally forgot while I was there. Really? When I'm traveling,
0: I'm, like, running around. I'm like, I want to eat there. I want to eat there. I'm going to eat there.
1: (laughs) Well, one night at the bar,
0: actually, um...
1: (laughs) I had chocolate for dinner so Gio and I were like sharing some of those little chocolate which looking back makes me laugh so hard that I grabbed chocolate out of like hotel chocolate I think that's the name and I had that for dinner while I was sitting in the audience (laughs) oh gosh 21 year old Chrissy was truly Mm, something (laughs) I'm glad she made it out of London and I'm glad she went you know
0: Yeah, honestly, I am a big advocate of travel and solo travel is so good for your mind and your brain and your soul. So like, good on you. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you, girl. That's good. That's great. (laughs) So
1: while the show was playing at the Dominion, um, it was announced that there would be a tour starting up in the fall.
0: A North American a North tour. American tour, ooh, ooh. Hey, which meant we would get to see it again. And guess where the first stop was? Right You're back at Toronto and Mervish Theater, yes. which is probably like my favorite theater in the whole world. It's a very nice, very soothing theater. It's just it's beautiful, and just the history. That's mm-hmm. that's in a different podcast episode we're gonna talk about. Oh, that yeah, totally it's bloody brilliant. Totally.
1: So the first national tour featured an entirely new American cast, including original cast member Andrew Pollock, as well as some script changes,
0: which were awesome. They were really good. Anyway, really love them. <laughs> Speaking of Andrew Pollock, I actually have a fun antidote that has to do with the tour. Okay, I did not see Andrew Pollock as Strat until the tour in twenty eighteen. Right. I saw the first time around, I was really lucky and I got to see Benjamin Perkis mm-hmm. and Simon Gordon at mm-hmm. Strat. And, you know, I just never got the chance to see Andrew. I heard good things about him. I wanted to see him, but you know, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that he was coming back to do it, I was like, okay, I need to see <laughs> what the hype is about. I got to go see him do this. And it was really awesome. He's obviously, he's incredible, but mm-hmm. it was, I just think it's funny that, you know, it took me, a year, but I got to see him do it. (laughs) You know, it's so funny because I was
1: so positive, like there would be no former cast members in this version. And at first I was like, Oh, I'm really going to miss them. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be so sad. I'm going to miss them. And then when the cast news came out and it was like, Oh my gosh, Andrew's leading it. I was like, completely shocked and then i was like oh my gosh i have to go see this again of course and you know (laughs) because i just think andrew Estrat is like one of the most insane theater performances you will ever see in your life and i was like i have to bring people who haven't seen it yet and they're totally gonna understand what i am talking about now
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i did that was directly about me
1: Actually, yeah, so Jocelyn and I met for the first time during the tour.
0: Yeah, so we were talking, like, because Chrissy put out a tweet, and she was like, I'm going to go see the Bat Tour. Are there any (laughs) Bat fans who, like, want to meet up? And we've been following each other on social media for a while and, like, chatting, like, a little bit, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. But, like, we knew each other through Geo. So I messaged her. I was like, let's meet up and Mm -hmm. go see Bat together. So it was the first, the second show but the first matinee. Right. Because I, it takes me like two hours on public transit to get to Toronto. <sighs> <laughs> so matinee is preferable. So I don't have to run. Although the last night of shows I did, I saw the evening performance. I booked it out of the theater, ran to the subway, ran to Union Station, got on my train in like 15 minutes. I don't know <laughs> how I did it.
1: I don't know how you did it either. There's record time. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> anyway so that was really exciting so not only was it like we're gonna go see that again which we love we know we've been some t- some changes we know that there's some new faces and Chrissy had seen the show the night before so I'm right. like don't tell me anything don't tell me anything just <laughs> don't, don't tell me anything so I think what she told me was the wedding dress was different right Andrew as yeah, because we dressed up. Andra Stratt is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I think the third thing you told me was that I was going to love Valkyrie. You yes. kind of got a makeover <gasps> right. for um, the tour. And let me tell you, she is now my favorite character so good. in the show. Um, and that was like my favorite change. I remember I had the opportunity to uh, introduce myself and talk to the director of the show b- very briefly at intermission. And I was like, that is the best thing you could have done. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm obsessed. She because is a fantastic character. I totally forgot like... that this was the intro to Valkyrie. The intro to Valkyrie. Because like, now, for me, it feels like she's been around a long time. Right. Uh, now,
1: uh, Valkyrie, the role, was introduced as an ensemble, non speaking role, pretty much. Like, she doesn't have direct lines. She was like a dancer track, exactly. I, think, like I would one. say she's a dancer track, yeah. So yeah. this Valkyrie version was like a full-on character, a main she's, character, pretty much. Not a main character, but you know, featured ensemble. But yeah, a bit more than like, a featured ensemble,
0: I'd say. She's like one of the guys, you know. Yeah.
1: Strats bros. Yeah, she's kind, kind of like, like an equal with Ledoux in that type of. Um,
0: I love Ladue casting type of character. Tapes. You know? Yeah. Very like, you know, with Ludu and Zahara and like mm-hmm. Jaguar and Tink, so kind of in there. But exactly that. And this is perfect because while we're we're just gonna talk about this because we're talking about tour changes, so this comes into it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that like I left kind of not liking about that the first time, it was kind of like, okay, so we have these strong female characters in mm-hmm. Raven and Sloane and Zahara, and I love those three characters. They're some of my favorite Women on stage, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of their plot lines—they're kind of like guy-based. And then you even have—you right. um, have Sloan uh, go back to Falco, which mm-hmm. mm, girl always run? Well with
1: me. Girl walk away.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm all about like the trope of forgiveness and wrapping up the show, but like to show somebody leaving an abusive relationship. And then to show mm-hmm. it kind of being, the reconciliation kind of being sped was just right. a little, doesn't always sit well with me, but like, I was like, where are the Lost Girls, man? When I was mm-hmm. watching it, I was like, you see them, they're singing, they're dancing, they look gorgeous. Right. But like, I want to see them have the fun that like the boys get to do. Like mm-hmm. we know all about Jaguar and Blake and Ledoux, mm-hmm. but like, I want to know more about the Lost Girls. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. totally feel
1: you on that one.
0: <laughs> also, if you talk about... I'm going to bring up the, the bestial test. I'm not yeah. saying it right. But it's a conversation between two named women and it doesn't relate back to a man. Mm-hmm. That didn't have that before, Valkyrie. Um, and is it... And now, now it technically passes it. I think that there could be more, like, girl power in that. Absolutely. But I love just having... A girl who she is one of the guys. They're mm-hmm. her chosen family, uh, and she just she, throughout the show, she has a clear sense of who she is. And I think yeah. the other women they go through a journey to get there mm-hmm. and to refine that. But she knows who she is, and she knows what she's doing, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so lovely to kind of have that representation of this girl who you know she's she's one of the she is one of the guys but she also holds she holds her own and yeah. I think that that's brilliant instead of it being like boys club
1: totally agree I love Valkyrie yeah. and I love um I loved seeing Sam Polly who played her she was <gasps> phenomenal oh my god yeah Sam I remember that first night just <laughs> watching in awe of her because before <laughs> that night we were like oh my god what is gonna happen like We're hearing all these things online that there's gonna be a lot of changes and we were kind of scared that we were gonna leave the show feeling like, oh my God, this isn't our bat anymore. This isn't the show we love so much. It's completely different, but yes, it was different. No, not completely. And it was even better than it was before. In my opinion, it was complete, complete difference script-wise and staging staging oh my gosh you got so much more from every character
0: mm-hmm. every character i think having a smaller ensemble mm-hmm. really like oh, yes. it really allowed for those moments to be carved out yeah. and it just you know it makes it feel a little more just that much more intimate mm-hmm. you know what i mean and uh, another really great change that they had was they removed in the land of the pig, the butcher is king. Yes. And you know what? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get in trouble for <laughs> saying that. Like, I prefer it with Valkyrie, and that uh, I like it without pig. All good. So that's a, that's okay. That's okay. If you love pig and you love uh, the show without Valkyrie, that's fine. That's fine. I don't have an issue with it. <laughs> but honestly, the the structure <laughs> of the show when you add in that extra female character and when you take out, you know the torture and yeah the horrible kidnapping and torture scene um kind of makes it better and then it makes sense that you're redeeming the villain in the end because mm-hmm. you know he didn't try to murder a bunch of teenagers is he still perfect no but like he only tried to kill one teenager right. instead of <laughs> right <laughs> all of them i don't know he's still the villain but like i always found pig was just really kind of excessive mm-hmm. it's a brilliant song and I want to say that seeing Rob Fowler do that on stage was brilliant. I was always like goosebumps. He would do these amazing Oh my God, yes. So this mm-hmm. isn't me saying I don't like Pig. I love it. It's one of my favorite workout songs. <laughs> uh, but, you know, to take that out of the show and to instead kind of bring in a scene where you have kind of a bit more on the origin of the lost and their bond, it just, it's 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 stronger, I think, just from a script perspective. Mm -hmm. So also please don't at me. With the removal of Pig, we
1: actually got more from Raven and her family in a short scene before Heaven Can Wait, which I think is one of the better changes of this production version. Yeah. I really like that. And you also got a scene from Tink crying over strat death well quotations death and um (laughs) spoiler alert alert, he doesn't actually die (laughs) Hmm. but yeah so um I felt that I got a better sense of the character Tink who I never really connected with before and didn't really feel like that storyline with Strat felt super genuine, as if they were really good best friends. I never really got that full effect, but with the added scenes between Strat and Tink and watching Tink hurt over his love for Strat and watching Strat really bond with Tink throughout little moments in this version, it was so clear to me and it was so beautiful and it's one of my now favorite friendships in the show.
0: And honestly, this is one of the reasons that I'm so upset that the tour closed after three weeks. Um, I'm not, we're not going to get into that. That's not what mm-hmm. this is about. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I think I was just so sad that people aren't going to have the experience of being able to see what this cast had done and the amazing work that they had done with only three like, months in the rehearsal room. Um. And just to be cast in a show like that, you're already Mm -hmm. superstar stuff. Like the amount of singing and dancing and acting. There's so much going on in that show. I have the utmost respect for you. And I think you're crazy talented. I just think that there was something about this specific group of actors that they put together Mm -hmm. for this teeny tiny first national tour. There was some sort of overall connection. There was just... I can't even explain it, but their energy was unmatched for me. And I just think what they did was so, so brilliant. And it was just, and it's my favorite version of the show, honestly, because not only because of the changes, but because of, you know, the whole vibe that Mm -hmm. came with it. And um, not to get too much
1: into it, but they got a lot of, a lot of hate. And it was from a lot of people who hadn't seen this version at all. And I just don't think that was okay. And something going forward for everyone to remember that actors can see stuff that's posted online and it's hurtful, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And this is another thing you guys might not be comfortable with me saying. But first up, if you're going to go online and bash someone in a show that you're a fan of, you're not a fan of the show. What you're doing is technically cyberbullying. It's not nice. Mm -hmm. It's kind of harassment. Mm -hmm. So straight up, don't consider, don't call yourself a fan if you're going to pull that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody can have their own opinions, but there's a difference between saying, I like what this person does and I prefer it personally to what this person does and saying that Mm -hmm. person's untalented and doesn't deserve a job. Like that's unnecessary. And if you do feel the need to say that sort of nasty stuff, say it with a friend. Don't, don't put it online where people can see it. Could you imagine Mm -hmm. doing your job and having people say horrible things about you who didn't know you like that? Mm. It would kill me. It would kill me. It's not nice. And I think that, you know, we have an opportunity. We're going forward into a new tour with a new cast. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say Like Chrissy said, let's keep this in mind going forward. Let's be positive and supportive fans and embrace these Mm -hmm. uh, new people because they have so much to offer.
1: I know for me personally, I had a really hard time at the tour because I wrote online, I guess, that I really enjoyed a performer's performance in a press video and I thought she was really talented. And then I had a cast member be really, really rude to me about it and it really broke me and I felt really sick my whole time being at the tour version. And it's just to say, like, you know, people are allowed to have opinions and say that they enjoy someone else's performance without bashing another's. others, you know? You're
0: allowed to like whoever. Yeah, you can like who you like. And you know, sometimes someone might surprise you. I mean, I know... I think Sharon Sexton is so amazing and talented and badass. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I, I think she's awesome. Idolize, mm-hmm. like, the work that she has done. Mm-hmm. And so going into the tour, I was like, hmm, I wonder what this new Sloan is going to be like. And right. I ended up just falling head over heels mm-hmm. for Lulu Lloyd's portrayal of Sloan. Mm-hmm. And I still, yeah. I hold both these women in the utmost respect. I think that they're both powerhouse talents. But it just goes to show you that you can like more than one person. And sometimes you might be surprised by how amazing someone is. Exactly. Just be lovely and positive And, you know, be lovely. let's be a positive fan base, especially because yeah. these times are trying and not very positive. So, like, mm-hmm. don't put nasty stuff out there. We don't want it. Exactly.
1: So then we actually went to see this cast, minus a few, plus a few new people, (laughs) plus some old people. It was like a hybrid (laughs) in New York City at the
0: New York City Center. Which was brilliant because so good. The original tour was meant to end with a run at City Center. But then exactly. God knows what happened with all of that. Um, Right. So we were like, is it going to New York? Is it never going to play anywhere ever again? Because the show closed, I think, that January at the Dominions. So we were like, um, right. so it's still running in Germany, but like, is it going to be done we're everywhere We're not going to travel to Germany because I mean, that's a long flight. I would love to go to Germany,
1: but like... <laughs> Me too, if I had like, if I had like the mental a capacity course. for the plane. Okay, true. That, that too. That would help. That would definitely help me. (laughs) Anyway, the good thing
0: about New York, it's on the same continent, right?
1: So it's just a little, and you can drive there. You don't have
0: to fly or take a boat if you don't want to. Although I wish I flew there because I took a 12 hour (laughs) bus overnight and, you Mm. know, it wasn't that bad actually. Like I kind, I enjoyed it because you got to get off at certain stops and kind of like stick your head out and look around and go, Hey, um, Just, I have long legs, and so sitting on a bus (laughs) for 12 hours isn't the most fun in the world. Right. And I looked like hell the next day. (laughs) Mm. And New York is a place where I wanted to feel glamorous. Well, you saw me once I fixed my makeup and my hair. Getting off the bus was a different story. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But anyway, so I was like, okay, this is perfect. I was saying I wanted to go to New York, and it, it was my first trip to New York, actually. And so, oh, wow. yeah, so Chrissy was obviously going to go and I was like, I'm going <laughs> to come with you because the cast list was released. And uh, for me, what was really important was that they did bring back a lot of people from the tour to give them the opportunity right. to perform at City Center, which I really liked. And I think the people who didn't come back from the tour were actually doing things elsewhere uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. So that was great for me. So I was like, okay, they've been brought back to have this opportunity. We've got some actors that we like from the old cast as well. We've got some new people coming in. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. First trip to New York. We're going to go see. We're going to tie it in with that because then maybe it won't stress me out as much. (laughs) Uh, So I get off the bus, actually. I come out of Port Authority. And if any of you have ever been to Port Authority in New York it's kind of like crawling like up and out of this underground maze and like up into the mm-hmm. sunlight it's like crawling towards the surface <laughs> and so you know what I call but, it
1: the Wizard of Oz effect you yeah. know how Dorothy leaves like the black and white and enters the color yeah because <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah. it's
0: kind of sketchy and a little dirty and then you exactly. like climb out of the grime and you're like oh my god 42nd mm-hmm. street <laughs> and I'm walking, the first thing I see is a big garbage can with a Bat Out of Hell poster on it. And I was like, aww. And then I wasn't, the and then I wasn't nervous again in New York after that.
1: That being said, we met up with a bunch of our friends from the UK and America, and we
0: all saw the show. What was really kind of crazy was that these are people that we've kind of mm-hmm. reached out to online and talked yeah. to because... We all like this crazy, weird little musical (laughs) and we somehow bonded over that. So we go to New York. It's the first preview and we're meeting up with friends from all over the world. And that's just, Mm -hmm. that's the power of theater, Mm -hmm. guys.
1: And we all dressed up, which people like to dress up to see the show. And I think that is the
0: coolest because I'm all about that. I wore Sloane's Paradise dress. So if you don't know the show, it's literally a dress that's like, green Mm sequins. And any excuse for me to be head to toe in something sequined, I'll take it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, no, we all we all looked fabulous. We all had a really exciting time. Yeah. I actually the only downside was if you've been to New York City Center in the balcony, you would know how steep the stairs are to both get up and then once you're up there, if my seat was at the front of the balcony, so I got all the way up there and then I had to go down to my seat. I ended up falling down the stairs and I flashed the usher and about two rows. Of course of you bowl. did. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing. Chrissy's sitting down in the orchestra and <laughs> our friends no are idea. like in um the mezzanine. mezzanine uh-huh. The mezzanine, yeah. I was just gonna call it the M, because like that's what it puts on your ticket, right? <laughs> right. O M B. So they're in the mess. So, nobody was there to witness it. And I'm really disappointed because it would have probably been less embarrassing if my friends had laughed with me about it instead of two, like, kind of attractive guys looking at me like I was some fool who did not know how to mm. walk. I was like, well, you've seen my underwear and you didn't have to buy me dinner first. <laughs> Great. <laughs> at least it matched the dress you went It did, it matched the paradise. dress. So, it was kind of classy, but not really. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was a really good time, though, and um, um, a little bit crazy, the first preview, because there was actually, in my opinion, quite a few changes from the tour version, and the vibe was very different from the tour version, despite it being a lot of the same people we had
0: seen. Honestly, there was like a different vibe, and like yeah, I don't know I what it was. I couldn't describe it to you. If I, it tried, wasn't a bad vibe by far. It was just oh yeah, different. yeah, It was still like great. Like I was on the edge of my seat the entire show. Mm-hmm. Even though you know I've seen it how many times by this point, yeah. I know what happens. I'm on the edge of my seat the entire show. I'm like, this is brilliant. I also am getting to see Tony Award winner Lena Hall live. <laughs> <laughs> what? mind blown (laughs) and you know it was brilliant but it's kind of it was so it there it just it had a different vibe but I think all kind of musicals are like that you know you see like first Toronto had like a certain vibe I'm sure Dominion had a different vibe the tour had a different vibe and then this one did as well um genuinely can I just say
1: (laughs) yeah I've never seen a show that has a different vibe every time so much as bad as bad out of hell does okay yeah bad. <laughs> like you can go see Wicked kick. anywhere and it's gonna feel the same and you can go see like i don't know phantom anywhere and it's gonna feel a little bit different maybe but still pretty yeah, much the same like, bad out of hell it's different. like different every single time and that's not a bad thing that's fantastic because it keeps it fresh but it, I don't know how they do it. It's different every time, even if it's the same
0: version. It's crazy. And, you know, we we're also there doing previews. So even just going there uh, back to back the first two nights, which we'll talk about how we ended right. up back a second night oh, in my a God. little bit, Yeah, but like we were back to back there first two nights <laughs> and like during previews, obviously things are still changing. So going back to back, it was kind of like, oh, what? They, they moved that? I, I like that though. Bring it, bring it back. Um, or, oh, thank um, God they moved this. Okay. Like, you know, it becomes, it's still a, diff- it's a different beast yeah. because, you know, you never quite mm-hmm. know how an audience is going to react until they react. Right. <laughs> Although I think my favorite reaction was, no, this is a good one. When we go up to the theater This is a great story, so we have to include it. So we get up to the theater, and me, I like to be there, like, half an hour, 45 minutes before the show starts, like, right on time. Meanwhile, Chrissy likes to show up and go to her seat. Okay, that's not true.
1: I'm usually like you, but my anxiety from the tour version of that confrontation dragged over to New York City Center And I was like, I am going to vomit everywhere.
0: No, because I honestly thought, because every time I've seen a show with you, you like to get there, go to your seat and like see the show. So I was just like, maybe that's how she likes to do it. No, I like to get
1: there like two hours early and sit outside.
0: I thought I was like, wow, this is another reason where we're different. But no, I'm glad we went when we did, because had we been inside, we would have missed something really cool. So we're walking up to New York City Center and like, on your first trip to New York, it's really hard to kind of walk in New York, is what I noticed. Because I was, I like to look everywhere at what's going on. I'm like, oh my god, look at that! I'll like slam into a couple of people as I'm walking.
1: Meanwhile, I'm just like, it's
0: nothing. Chrissy's like, can you like focus? That's a grocery going, store. Please, for God's <laughs> sakes, it's just a grocery store. You're fine. Uh, anyway, we make it to New York City Center. And the first person we end up bumping into is Zena Gustart, who is the associate choreographer on the show. And she, she comes up to say hi. She's super lovely. She goes, oh my gosh, you guys arrived just in time. And I'm going, are we like late? Beautiful, gorgeous motorcycles. Like these are like, you know that these are people's babies. You know what I mean? Like, these are older bikes that have been like polished. Like you could do your makeup in them. And they come flying up and I kid you not, it is like maybe like 20 to 30 bikes and they all park them in front. So I guess what the show had done is they had reached out to like collectors and like groups for motorcycle stuff in New York and arranged for them to be there at the first preview outside the theater. So like people could go and take photos with the bikes, could ask questions about them. And it was just, it was kind of such a cute little like campy little bat way to be like Hey, New York, we're here.
1: Speaking of little bat promos, I remember all of us, we were with our friends that day, walking up to Times Square and out of the corner of our eye, we see the massive Bat Out of Hell Times Square billboard come up and we all like lost our minds because it was so cool and so it felt like a movie moment. It was really magical. And um, even when we would get in taxis, it would be on the little TV in the taxi. And we'd be like, I love that show. So back to New York City Center Changes. Um, I can literally remember sitting in the audience and thinking, why is the vibe so different? And then I realized, like, this is how I break it down for everyone who doesn't understand what I'm talking about when I see a different production version because at this point I've seen so many that <laughs> they're all very very different vibes in
0: my head and in my heart so <laughs> just sometimes like even like the first time I saw it in Toronto and then seeing the tour I kind of see them as two completely different shows does that make sense yeah but like in my heart
1: you'll see what I mean about the vibe for productions each not like okay so production wise so this is how I see it all of the UK productions up until now they all have this very um dystopian dreamy vibe it feels like you're stuck in a dream when you're watching it and it's very um I don't know everything just feels like a fantasy and then it's very Midsummer Night's Dream it very much is Yes, (laughs) Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a good way to s- sum it up, I find., um, but then with the US versions, they're very real.
0: I, I don't find know them how grittier. to.
1: Ex- yeah, they're grittier. They're real. The humor is very different in the sense that it's more, um, it's delivered less dreamlike, less fantasy and more real. Like I don't know how to explain it better than that. It just mm-hmm. feels like you're watching just... something happening like you're watching mm-hmm. the lost in the streets in front of you in New York City. It doesn't feel like
0: more fairy tale vibe. Mhm. I feel like sometimes with that you can kind of like I feel like I mean, I only saw the original Toronto production like twice so you can correct me if I'm wrong on this but mm-hmm. I feel like with the first version of Bat, it was very like aware like I was very aware that I was like it's a dystopian setting this girl's on dream suppressants like it was all these things that were happening yes. it was very like mm-hmm. futuristic in a way which which I loved it was like kind of being like immersed in that yeah. kind of dreamy vibe like translate yeah. state yourself but then I remember seeing it in mm-hmm. like on the tour And I don't know if it's because I had seen the show already or if it was just a different vibe, but it was like, I kind of forgot a little bit about the futuristic part and was able to hone in a bit more on like, I don't know, gritty is kind of the best word I can think of to describe it. There is just kind of like this gravitas, 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 using a big word tonight, folks, Uh, there was. But, you you know, it's true, like, the first production, there was this kind of, like, dreamy, floaty kind of quality, and then there was just, there was a lot more gravitas in the uh, U.S., U.S., North American,
1: on this side of the the ocean. And I do wonder if that was done on purpose, because um, we, along the way, lost the newspapers and lost the backstory project it on the uh, the screen before the show starts. So I wonder if- Oh yeah,
0: I forgot about that. Yeah, so
1: I wonder if they went with um, to keep it more modern. I don't know, but it does feel very modern and very- Honestly- I don't know. It's just
0: very different in that sense. I like the newspapers and like the Me too, the, the screen, newspapers. And the at screen, the same yeah. time, I'm kind of glad they're gone because I kind of remember the first couple times kind of going- like, you expect me to read? (laughs) And I that sounds like really bad. Like, obviously, I read it. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. They've got this, they got that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, you want to go to a show, you want to just be able to sit down and instantly absorb what's happening on stage. For sure. The New York City Center ones, the program was the newspaper, which was practical. And it also gave people a souvenir and inside it had like a nice full out poster. Yeah, it was was a nice nice. way to kind of combine like the souvenir aspect and like the thing of the show without being like, here's the backstory on the musical.
1: You know what I mean? The thing in general that I feel for Bad Out of Hell is that when it comes to like the newspaper backstories and the backstories online and such, a lot of it just isn't in the show. Like a lot of it is made like the lost mention that is made by Sloan in the show, like their description is maybe 15 seconds and that's the only touch base on it you know what I mean whereas if you open that newspaper it's all in there
0: you know I do think that it's kind of a nice tribute to Jim Steinman to have the newspaper with all of this backstory that obviously he's put in the effort so even if we don't see it in the show it's nice to kind of put it in and recognize it but at the same time some like some I'm just talking about like your average theater goer who may not know the history of the show. They might be mm-hmm. like, what is this newspaper saying? Why was this not mentioned in the show? I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, these are questions that people would have. So that's kind of why I liked including the uh, the program as the newspaper. Right. And it was just kind of a nice, like the best of both worlds.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like I find
0: the storyline
1: back then Like the way it was presented in the show and everything, I feel like it was dependent on the newspaper writing to explain it all. Yeah, or even like now I don't feel that so much. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that's kind of how I feel. And Mm -hmm. it's more structured. It got there. The story's there now, and it's Mm -hmm. you don't need to read about it beforehand because it's right in front of you when you watch the show. Yeah. Even though I did feel it was, you know, pretty clear before. As well in certain aspects, Um the story of the loss and their heart and their journey is more in this version.
0: Yeah, with that, there's this lovely scene that they've added in before objects. Yeah. And this is why I like that they took out Pig. Because within the show, we know that Falco is a dictator and not a great guy. You know, we don't really need another song showing that. We know. But that little scene between the lost kind of talking about their origin story, it gives us a, a little bit more than that blurb that Sloane does in the first act. Yeah, absolutely. So before we uh, tie off here for our New York portion of this story, uh, we just would like to say a huge thank you to Bradley Dean. Um He, For those of you who don't know, he played Falco in the uh, short-lived North American tour and was brought back for the City Center production. And this man is brilliant, Uh, you know, as as an actor. That is kind of like the level I think all of us should kind of like aspire to be because he's just he's brilliant. And he was very, very kind. And actually, uh, he invited us back to see the show the second night. Theater in New York is expensive, very and tickets expensive. for that were pretty expensive. It was incredible. It was it was an incredibly kind and sweet gesture for two younger fans who, like, you know, obviously were not billionaires, <laughs> right? So it was just a a very very sweet gesture, and it has not gone forgotten. We like, I think about it a lot, and I I, I really do treasure that because. What a treat to see your favorite show, uh, in New York, in a city I've always wanted to visit, and you know, just what a gift to have someone say, "Hey, here, it's it's good. Yeah. I got
1: this." And um that being said, the second show was insanely good. One of the best shows oh I've ever gosh. like seen. Just the energy was the vibe on was fire. different and, you know, and they changed a lot of the things that were like oh that doesn't feel like it works or fits in here and they added more things for the ensemble to do and I was like I am vibing with this I love this I love ensemble my ensemble everything yes. They want. <laughs> yes yes let them live let them do because they are great they got this and they totally killed us <laughs> they were fantastic
0: We spoke earlier about the international tour of Bat Out of Hell that was meant to run this year, but has unfortunately been postponed due to COVID-19. As we mentioned, we are really excited to see new takes on the roles, and we are sending lots of support to the new cast. It was meant to open in Manchester this past week, so what we did want to say, if you're missing Bat, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably missing Bat, we did Uh, We had the wonderful opportunity to do an interview with some of the brand new cast members of this international tour when lockdown begun, and they're just, they're wonderful. They're obviously very talented, and they're just very kind, and uh, you know, if you're a Bat fan, we would love for you guys to head on over to our page, and uh, it's on our website, breaklegblog.com. And uh, take a look at the interview. Get to know these new faces. Uh, They are already fans of the show. Uh, They love it just Mm -hmm. as much as we do. So They are such sweethearts. Oh my gosh. What a treat. I know that we're plugging an interview that we did. But honestly, I'm plugging this because I want you guys to go read and just appreciate these humans. And Mm -hmm. we're excited. We're still excited. And when they come back, it's going to be totally worth it.
1: Absolutely. That's that. <laughs> so now we have a few
0: quick fire
1: listener questions that we got that are all Battle of Hell based. So here we go. Ooh. Ready? Hit. Yeah. First one is: If you could cast the show from past cast, who would you have in each role? Here we go. Strat Andrew Pollock, Raven Emily Schulteis, Sloane Lulu Lloyd, Falco Bradley Dean. Valkyrie <laughs> Jessica Johnish?
0: John I think
1: John you there can us on that mm-hmm. if we're wrong oh gosh um um who else zahara Harper miles Jaguar you know what basically the rest of the tour cast <laughs> that is who I would put because I really love them
0: <laughs> all right my cast go. I would really love to see. Simon Gordon as Strat opposite Emily Schulteis. Mm-hmm. I think yes. they would have an awesome
1: vibe. They both have such incredible energies in the roles.
0: That would be They'd wild. be killer. Oh my God. I'd love to see it. Um, ah, I'm drawing a blank. Um, but Lulu Lloyd and Bradley Dean as Sloan and Falco. And- They're just, they're an amazing pairing. They should be in there. Mm -hmm. See, I love both my Zaharas equally. So can they just alternate shows? They can do every other show in this cast because it's my cast. (laughs) I make the rules. Uh, Tyric (laughs) Jones is going to be Jaguar. We're going to have Jessica as Valkyrie and Will Branner as Ledoux. (gasps) And Mm -hmm. Avianz Hoyles as Tank. Woo.
1: our love yes we love Avions. <laughs> we say
0: it so french next one aviance all right oh gosh if you could quebecois <laughs> if okay. you could add a brand new song or scene to the show what would it be oh my god <laughs> i would totally add
1: a little chorus of surfs up in yeah. the mirror scene <laughs> um right after hot summer night
0: woo that'd be great okay technically the song I want to add to the show is already in the show and it was already in there and kind of removed but life is a lemon and I want my money back I would love to have really yeah I'd love to have okay this is this is probably an unpopular opinion but I think it's one of my favorite meatloaf songs
1: (gasps) no I know a lot of people like it I just never heard you I love it say that would be one that I'm just yeah well
0: I I forgot about it the last time we were talking about this. So I'm going to say, yeah, life is a lemon and I want my bunny back. I think it would be really fun to have like a chorus of that when the lost are like, man, Mm -hmm. our life sucks because (laughs) of Falco.
1: (laughs) Yes. No, I thought you were going to say good girls. (laughs) So I was surprised. Okay. Your favorite lead and ensemble characters, Raven and
0: uh, Besame. Mm -hmm. Valkyrie. Valkyrie and Ledue are my favorites, and they're kind of, mm-hmm. like, both lead and ensemble. But, like, if I right. had to pick, like, oh. a technical lead and ensemble, I would say Sloane and, um, what's her name? Uh, Cherzo or Lunaro? Right. Oh,
1: Oof. nice. Who are some understudies or covers you wish you had seen? I have a oh list. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Kayla as Raven. Kayla um,
0: Raven, please.
1: Yeah, that it would have took me right out. I would have died. Um, Tiernan as Raven. Mm-hmm.
0: Um gosh. I would have Emily loved- as Sloan, yeah. Yeah, Emily Battle as Sloan Falco would have been sublime. Mm-hmm. I'd have loved to see Adam Kemmerer as Falco. He's one of our favorites, mm-hmm. and uh it would have been so cool to see him do a Falco show. Uh Eve Norris as Raven. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see Ryan as Zahara. She just—I love her energy Mm -hmm. so much. She would have been brilliant as Z. I also would have loved to see Patrick Sullivan as um, Jaguar. Because I know that
1: also Emily Benjamin as Zahara.
0: Um, Yeah, that would have killed me. I think you mentioned before Hannah Ducharme as Sloane. Yes, as Sloane. Yes. I would have loved to see Barney Wilkinson as Strat. Yeah, me too. Will <laughs> I just want to see
1: all. Yeah, I want to see all the covers.
0: Honest yeah. Honestly, <laughs> give me a cast just oh, of all please. covers. Please. Honestly, like our covers aren't covers and understudies aren't appreciated enough, and like I would love mm-hmm. to see every single one of you. Mm-hmm. Mwah.
1: Mwah. Is there a song which was removed from the show that you wish? Oh, that you would put back in, uh, good, girls good, good girls, girls, good girls, good girls. <laughs> but, but, what? I did hear from the Danielle Steers that my favorite meatloaf song, well, Simon Meatloaf, Steinlof. I'm gonna <laughs> Steinloaf. <laughs> I'm gonna love her for both of us. Was in the show at one point. And was, I guess, removed. Well, not actually in the show. I guess it was in a script version. I have no idea. It was in the talks. It was in in there somewhere along the way. And then I guess it never happened. But I would love that one. Um, What is one song that you would remove from the show? Pig is already gone. So I would say it's all coming back to me now. I would remove Mm. that and replace it with Totally Clips of the Heart. Because I feel like that fits Stratton Raven. Perfectly, if you
0: listen yeah. to the lyrics, it's like it's all made for is it. Like older, you know what it's I mean? Too it's too old like for Raven,
1: and it's too mature for stratton Raven's relationship. I just never felt that connection when watching it. Mm. I don't know.
0: Honestly, now that Pig's out, I'm good on cutting sh- songs. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that—that's the one that I would yeah. get rid of. Yeah, but me like too. Weirdest,
1: most memorable thing that you've had happen during the show. Oh, I finally have an
0: answer for that. It finally hit me. So, I go to see the tour. It's my first show. I dressed up and I made Raven's wedding dress. I was really proud of it. And we're sitting in the second row. And what they don't tell you when you buy a ticket for the second row is that you're in a splash zone. So, during the title song, there's some blood. (laughs) And uh yes, yeah, so I have stains on my white skirt that are still on there to this day. Love and it. And honestly, would not change a single thing. That is like <laughs> the best souvenir I could have gotten. Didn't have to pay for it. So, thank you Andrew Pollock, for bleeding on my skirt. It was it's fake blood. It's fake blood, I promise. If it was real blood, I'd be throwing that out. That's gross. But it's fake. It's just like corn syrup. We're good.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gosh, um Well, there was a bunch of show stops during the last tour show, matinee performance, and the audience started whistling the breakfast club whistle, and that was really funny and weird. (laughs) It had me dying. Is there a moment in the show you didn't notice until after you had seen the show more than once? Yes, so I didn't know that Falco in the pool was projected onto the tower until, like, my fifth show. And I was like, oh, hey. He's there too. There's so many things that I
0: just pick up on later. I was sitting very far to my left the first show, so I did not know that there was a gigantic screen above the tunnel. So I was like, that's really weird that they're they're filming it just for like that one little TV at the front. Like that that's weird to me. I was like, but okay, you know, I see what you're doing. It's cool. I go back and I'm sitting like on like the far left, far right side of the theater. I'm like, oh, that's why they're doing it. There's a huge screen. Anyway. So. (laughs) Is there a costume
1: in the show you wish was in your closet? I have so many Raven cosplays that I've made to see the show. So, um, my favorite
0: is the birthday dress and that's already in my closet. Oh, damn. All right. So for me, I want Sloane's entire wardrobe like her. Sh- I want her shoes. I really love that like red blouse and skirt combo. It's like I feel like I would feel very powerful wearing that. So just her whole closet. But if I, if I had to choose one specific item, it would be Ledoux's pants with like the stars and the patches and the lightning bolts. I'm I'm a jeans and T-shirt kind of gal and I would wear those every single day of my life.
1: So now we have favorite stage door memory. Aww. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if it's my favorite. I don't know if I have an actual favorite. The ones that are my favorites are the ones that I like don't talk about. Yeah, I get that. Because they're like my own little, my own memory. You know, I think that's sweet anyways. um, It is
0: sweet. It's very cute.
1: I'm like that too. But one that I will talk about is... Because so many people were there, that's not really a secret. (laughs) Is that I started crying with Emily Schulteis. That was such a beautiful moment though between you when the tour closure was like announced, and I don't know, I just started crying (laughs) because she was so brilliant.
0: Yeah, that was such a great moment between the two of you. Like, yeah, it was such a sweet moment to witness. I love Raven. I love Raven. (laughs) Raven. Raven, I'll think of a good stage door story in like a second, but I have an embarrassing one to tide you guys over while I think of that. But <laughs> I did trip and fall on Samantha, on Samantha Polly, um at the tour. Uh, I was just, I was really excited to see her and I was walking over and I full on tripped and fell and uh, she, she did catch me. But like, thank you for not being weird about the fact that I fell on you and... <laughs> I'm sorry. I brought it up again now, (laughs) but, um, no, I think my favorite like little sweet memory was just, um, getting to chat with Lulu Lloyd, uh, who played Sloan on the tour. She just, she just, she understood how special the show was to so many people. And, uh, she's just, she's brilliant. Uh, also, Giovanni Spano made sure that when I first met him, I'd brought my cast album to get it signed. He made sure I talked to as many people as possible to make sure I got my full cast album signed. Yeah, he took me around uh, because we came back in the evening because I had wanted to say hello to Sharon Sexton, who was lovely. And um, he took me around and he introduced me to a lot of the cast members like, hey, did you sign this yet? Go sign it. And uh so it was just it was really nice because you know, when you're shy at stage door, you're like, you would know, you maybe be okay if like you sign this. Um, but he was just it was nice to have a bigger personality there. For sure. Oh my god, that just reminded me of
1: two more, and then I'm done with my stage door stories. But um these are all from the tour version. <laughs> Crazy. Anyways, at the last show, Nick Martinez was oh, on. He was that. a swing. And Alex DeLeo had broken his foot, I think. He was in a cast. his leg or something early on. Yeah, so Nick was on and he comes out and he's like, wait, let me find her. And he points to me. He's like, you have the best smile I've ever seen. More people should have your smile. And I was like, oh my God, now I'm ugly crying again. Um, And then later on, Andrew comes out at stage door and everyone's like chatting and he turns around and then we hug and then I start like crying again. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to see Bat again. He's like, it's still in London. I'm like, no, it's closing there too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a mess when I'm at stage door, but like a
0: funny mess. Yeah, it's funny. You know? Well, it's funny for me. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Oh. Everyone else laughs. laughs. Yeah. No, I mean like sometimes you're gonna be moved sometimes you're just gonna cry uh, in front of someone. It it happens, man. Yeah.
1: Well I usually try to save those tears for people who like I've gotten to know more than not. You know, yeah, so I'm I try not, to like, like <laughs> cry on the train home instead so I
0: don't like freak anybody out. Yeah, wow. me too. Uh to be fair, the tour was a special okay, case. Yeah. So
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Break a Leg Babble. We've
0: loved chatting all things bat with you. Don't forget to check out our merch. It is on our website because the link is really long and I'm not going to read it out to you right now. But it's on our website, on our link tree, link in bio, all that fun stuff. You can find us on Instagram at Break a Leg Bloggers and on Twitter at Break a Leg Blog. And obviously check out our website at www.breaklegblog.com. Thank
1: you so much for your continued support. And don't forget to break a leg. Bye. (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs)